Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host and I am very excited to be joined as always by my co-host and partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express. He is the Katie Shide to make Katie Cork. Phil Vondra, welcome back to the Pain Cave. It is good to be in the cave. We had to get the uh, the cobweb, the duster out, knock out a few of the cobwebs out of it because we haven't really been in it for a while. Yeah. But it's good to be back. We might need to do some industrial cleaning with the amount of time it's been since we've been down here. This has been well, um, from far too what long. I hear, what you do in the cave sometimes, we could do with a bit more than industrial cleaning. I mean, we could ammonia that thing. Some sort of bi- out. some sort of biohazard. <laughs> yeah, we could we could give it a proper top to bottom. Uh, we're going to apologize to our fan or fans out there that it has been so long since we've posted an episode. And and we're going to actually, I'm going to say that that we were not quite as bad as it seems. It has been almost, I don't know, three, maybe three months since our last show, which is terrible because we basically stopped uh, recording right in the heat of, in the middle of uh, the busiest ultra running season right after uh, Western States there. But in our defense, we did record what may have been one of our better shows right at the end of August, just yep. just after yep. Leadville and, and all the goings on at UTMB. We we got together. We recorded a great show, what I thought was a really great show, especially it's probably our, first our best show ever. <laughs> Possibly. And nobody can disprove it because the, uh, the thing is, you know, like they find these like unplayed like records that were just like, you know, Queen or the Beatles. Someone's going to find that podcast one day and be like, you're not going to believe this. I have this one episode of the pancake that never got released <laughs> and they're going to have the technology to re-put that thing together and people are going to be like that's that's that was their best episode ever you so know I, I look forward to yeah i look forward to the eight-hour documentary like ben on, and jerry make ice cream we make podcasts you know <laughs> uh it's uh yeah it's a shame because it, it was no it really was a, i think a good episode but uh yes as, as you alluded to the the sound quality was kind of eaten by what i determined to be the usb port on my laptop which is unfortunately where yeah. all the microphones and everything run through into the audio recording software and i think what people should know is that in the three months we haven't been recording we sent you to sound engineer training college you are now an expert in podcasting and sound. I mean, the way that you I, like all those USBs in and out now is just a pleasure to watch. <laughs> I think it, if you're going off of the results, I, I definitely would have flunked out because it took I mean, a there, long, there long time to figure this out. out. There where people upload videos of people pulling USBs in and out because it's so good. <laughs> and you're all over those things. They love that. <laughs> Well, so that that's going to go, have to go down, unfortunately, as our great lost episode. So, uh, you know, we're not going to go back and rehash our thoughts on on Leadville, uh, which was a great time as always, and and UTMB, which obviously huge stories on both uh, the men's and women's sides from from many of those races, uh, including Katie Scheid, Caitlin Gerben, um, Jim Wamsley, uh, Zach uh, Miller, and 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 many others who we spoke at great length and with wit and aplomb about unfortunately uh you know yeah. like, like you said yeah maybe peter, peter jackson will, will put that back together in, in 15 20 years and you guys can all hear it then but we are back now finally for what appears to be recording normally a, a another one of our this month in ultra running episodes we're not going to go all the way back to the end of uh the summer and 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 do that again we have plenty more that has happened in the intervening four to six weeks that we can talk about. We've actually both run races since then that we can talk about. For me, the first time stepping to a start line in a year, 
So that was, uh, I was going to say that was a lot of fun. I, I, I think you, Phil, having borne witness to that, can testify there not much fun was had. Well, I had a great time. I know I you had, had a great so time. I, that was a lot of fun for you. you. in the pain cave after about two <laughs> hours of running. But, and then uh, continuing for many hours after, that was, was great. Yeah, all kinds of stuff we can discuss. So, so uh, onward and upward, as they say. And uh, let's get to it. Let's, let's dig deep into what's been going on over the last several weeks here. Before we get started, though, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? I am drinking an Athletic Brewing Free Wave. I thought I'd try something different. Um, I got to do a bit of a swim run tonight, so I thought I'd keep a lid on it. But, yeah. All right. What is, di- what is different about an Athletic Brewing Free Wave? Because that's, uh, that's one that we've had on the show many times before. Um, well, I was kind of joking when I said Oh, that. I got you. So, I got you. All right. Yeah. See, yeah. we're we're out of practice. I can't I can't read the humor. Yeah. Um, no, you never could. So no, don't worry about. No, that. that's true. That's true. We're <laughs> falling right back. Your own thing, and you just nod and laugh. <laughs> falling right back into our old patterns. Humor me, uh, Phil. When we were down in in Appalachia, we were able to uh, pick out some Wicked Weed Brewing, uh, oh, one of my one of my favorite beers so from good. from Asheville. Uh, so yeah. I, I pulled out a Wicked Weed uh, Freak of Nature uh, Double IPA that I'm gonna. That's a great beer. Yeah, I had I had a couple of those last night. It's really, really good. Actually, all those beers are great. And that was when we did a quick supermarket sweep, right? We ran around the supermarket grabbing stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you lumbered me with a bill for that. I remember that was nice. It was like $185. Um, yep. Mostly beer. I think $5 of that was mine. And you were like, Phil, take care of it. I was like, yep, that's we, what a p- pacer does. That's, a, that's what a pacer does. We, we really should, uh, you know, d- do a, a short digression here. Because, Phil, I, I really, and I don't think we, we picked up on this last time that we were down uh, in Appalachia uh, last year, but um, apparently a British accent is like an aphrodisiac to Southern women. Uh, this was, it was quite yeah. a sight to behold in the, no, in, in, the in the Piggly Wiggly or whatever, uh, whatever. Well, no, it was, think, the, it was the food the, lion. Yeah, but I think it really worked wonders when we needed to... Um, Borrow the torque wrench from uh, Advanced Auto Parts. <laughs> yes. They were umming and ahhing, and I was doing my best to get it. We got the wrench. We got your light fixed. All right. Well, and th- that's going to be a, good with the world. I think that's our. I think that's our PSA for for this episode to, to any British expats out there. Uh, take that. Take that. Uh, take that accent down with mark. you to uh, to Western North Carolina, uh, maybe Tennessee. Uh, you know, maybe head down to Charleston. And uh, you know, go to town, see where that gets you. Because if there, yeah. if if those if those interactions were any indication, Phil, uh, you should be packing up and moving down there any day now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I've actually put my banjo in the car, and I'll be leaving right after the episode. <laughs> All right. No, I locked it down. It was great. Uh, it's great. It's great. Should we talk about that, or let's let's actually get talk- straight into Yeti? I mean, it's such a great place to start, right? I mean. Yeah. You can't have more fun running than a Yeti race, I don't think. I'm not sure it's possible. Yeah, so we went down for the Yeti 100, second year in a row, which was uh, about two weeks ago now uh, as we record. And, and, you know, hopefully it will only take me a couple days to get this this podcast out into the world for you guys. Second year in a row we went down there. You you ran with uh, – we both ran last year. This year you were coming off of a, a different 100, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, but you were kind enough to uh, shepherd me down there and hold my hand as I – kind of puked and suffered my way through 100 miles uh, in, yeah. in Western North Carolina. Um, and I know we talked about Yeti on the on the, the show before. 
Uh, but really, what a great race, Phil. I mean, it, it yeah. really is. It, it's, it's so, so much cool. fun. Uh, Jason Green, one of, you know, great friend of the pod and former guest, um, just really one of the great race directors, I think, in terms of just putting on a just a, a really well run, but also grassroots feeling, you know, hometown event. And this truly is his hometown in, in, in Abingdon, uh, where the race finishes. And um just we we've talked about it kind of over and over again and actually I just talked about it on the Trails Collective podcast last week just the 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 community that he's built there and the Yeti Trail cult and uh, the volunteers and and just the 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 vibe and the the sense of family and togetherness that that race breeds and and I suspect most of the other Yeti races do as well yeah. um just just what a great scene well, and I mean and I what a great say- course yeah, I mean, I would say he was a great friend of the pod, but I suggested we take him a four-pack of beer, and you picked up four-pack of fruited sour IPA for him. So he probably never, ever talks to us again. No, no, no. He but was very, very, very psyched for, he was for a psyched. sour IPA. I, think, I hope he liked them. I think there was a large dose of politeness in there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, they're amazing races. I mean, the swag's off the charts, the buckle's off the charts. I mean, your thing looks like... You know, a uh, sort of Picasso mixed with a Dali on crack thrown in a, a Star Wars mixer. Uh, I mean, it's just like the, the most fantastic buckle you've ever seen. The gold now there is like amazing. Um, yeah, it was great. And it rained basically from start to finish. Um, it, uh, yeah, it was just fun to road trip and see you, you know, rally after a tough start and, and get the finish done. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a bit of a shocker, as, as you like to say. Uh, and, and my prep certainly yeah. had not been ideal coming in. Um, you know, we discussed obviously in, in our last episode that, you know, I had covid uh, just a few weeks before Leadville where I was planning on racing and had to scrap plans there. And and uh, it did take me a, a few weeks to kind of get back into the swing of things. And so I had a, a pretty abbreviated build up to, to Yeti. Yeah. And, Kind of I mean, knew I wasn't kind of a write-off. I mean, yeah, you know, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that kind of coupled with the uh, extremely hot August that we had, it just wasn't to come back from the COVID situation you had was yeah. uh, hard. Yeah, no, it I mean, was it was like a rough summer. Training, it did not have a ton of build up, and so I knew I wasn't you know going to be in top form, but uh, you know wanted to get that Western States qualifier, and and it's you know it, it is it's um. You know, it's a, it's a real draw to, to come back to Yeti and do that race. So so that's that's kind of why we went down. And uh, yeah, it was not uh, certainly not my best day. Uh, I think I saw you for the first time about 17 miles in. And, and uh, yeah. despite not going out too hard, I didn't think uh, I did not feel good and did not feel good when I saw you at 33 or at 41. And, and then uh, got, uh, you know, I vomited, I don't know, five or six times, probably between mile 47 and 48. And that was kind of you at, at that point. I saw you and and uh, my my our, our good friend Brian Toy, uh, one of my athletes who came down to also help out. And uh, both of you were basically like, "Great, your your stomach's reset, and now we can get to work." And you know, to some degree, yeah. that's that's what happened. I, I was able to. I'm not going to yeah. say rally because I don't think it. I don't think it was a great performance by any stretch, but I definitely was able to kind of. Hold it yeah, together I mean, a little like, bit. It was the biggest DNF year ever at the race. Yeah. You know, it was easy conditions where, you know, it was easy for things to go from bad to worse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like you kept them at bad. Yeah. So I think that was, <laughs> that was pretty solid, you know? Yeah. I mean, you did have possibly the best crew pacer members that anyone could have had at any race. Absolutely. So that Killian and Jim have uh, sent a couple of uh, emails to me 
trying to get me and Brian to be their crew for them. So we're working on uh, working on a deal with those guys. Absolutely. But, you know, more to be revealed later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hurricane Ian did blow through, or at least the tail end or the front end or whatever. And yeah, we did get, I don't know, several. Oh, in- back, I think it was. Yeah. Several, several inches of rain over the course of probably the last 12 hours that, that we were out on the course there. But uh, yeah, good time was had by all. You guys were fantastic. Just uh, kind of keep me going, keep me fueled. And yeah, I think uh, those last 50 miles or so when first Brian and then you were able to pace me there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, we certainly weren't flying, but uh, I don't think it got any worse. I think we just kind of yeah. plotted along and just kept things steady. And yeah. I tried to keep the complaining to a minimum and and, and uh, we got it done. And it's great to it's great to find to finally get to that finish line and, you know, get the big hug from Jason and, and uh, that gigantic bulk, buckle and, and then to get into a nice warm shower in that warm hotel bed was uh, that was. Yeah. Sweet Problem relief. is, I was already in that bed. That was why I was, it was a bit weird. You should have got in your own bed. I was like, I know you're a bit delirious, but <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, was out, I was out ferrying Brian to go to his next. Exactly. That was, that was epic. Exactly. The two, the two of you each each paced over 30 miles that day, or over 35 yeah. miles that day, I think, between the two of you. So uh, kudos to you, and, and definitely could not have could not have finished without you guys being there for me. So that was great. Yeah. Uh, I but still yeah. one weight, though, I think. Sorry? I, uh, I think it was the... Uh, the the 10 pierogies I ate at one aid station, I think, <laughs> I think they were kind of asking me to leave at that point. They were like, your runner's been gone for an hour. <laughs> I'm like, there's still pierogies left. No, nah, but it was, it, was, it was a great a great race as always, despite the, the weather and the conditions. As you said, a, a race with normally a 65 to 70% finish rate this year, only about 50-50. Um, I think yeah. it was exactly a 50% finish rate this year. Yeah. Uh, so, so definitely a, a tough day out there for a lot of people. Um, yeah. But yeah, the golden hour was was fantastic, as as it always is. And uh, w- we did, overall, we, we had a blast. Lee Whitaker winning for the for the overall uh, 1450. Very good time, given the conditions. Yeah. Oh, um, it was a very solid time. And uh, our great friend, uh, Becca Joyner. Um, yeah, crushed it. Yeah, winning, winning strong, for the... I think that was her third podium at this race, but her first win uh, yeah. on the women's yeah, side did wind up in the top 10 overall, sub 20 hours, and uh, yeah. a, a great race for her. So it was, it was great to see there. Um, yeah. And then as we alluded to, Phil, you, you had raced a couple weeks before you went out for your first Arrow Viper run. Tell us all about the McGeon yeah. Monster. Uh, sort of, what was it, like 10th of, uh, 10th of September, the McGeon Monster, uh, Pine, Arizona. It's about, I'm going to say, an hour and 45 minutes kind of... Uh, uh, north, north, east-ish kind of thing from uh, Phoenix, and uh, just uh, runs up and down the McGeon Rim. Uh, you know, burly trails, beautiful views, ponderosa pines, extremely well organized. I mean, like very kind of I think what people would expect from Arab Viper at this point. You know, very polished uh, operation. They're big, but have like a small feel to them. You know, very personable. Um, and just crazy mixed conditions like you know just uh we had started off in like kind of a fog got a bit of sunshine got some great views uh then we had uh, rainstorm come in thunderstorm lightning um then that kind of passed as uh, as it be, you know we got into the night maybe around 11 o'clock the kind of storm passed the, the clouds broke up the full moon came out i was going up one of the climbs up onto the rim and i looked back and just saw the full moon and the the great sky and the and the clouds breaking and could hear coyotes howling down below it was just yeah it was just like just so like just such an insane experience a great experience um yeah and it just i mean it was much tougher than i expected i thought it was going to be kind of an easy like 100 miler why did you think that any that particularly easy 
because it only, I think it has 18,000 feet of gain. So I kind of thought to myself, oh, 18,000, that's not that much. You know, most of these hard rock qualifiers are like 25,000 feet right, of gain, right, like right. 22,000. And then, you know, some are more. Um, but it was just the burliness of the trails that kind yeah. of shot me. Like you couldn't run that fast. I mean, it's obviously easy running on some of the forest roads, but a lot of it is just on tough trails. Right. You know? and, and it got hot. It got real hot. I mean, I almost dropped. Right. early in the race i was just like i'm not feeling good the altitude was getting me it gets up to about eight and a half thousand yeah that's what i was going to say i mean it's not hard rock or leadville but it's not it's not sea level either i mean it's no, it's no, uh five and a half to eight and a half thousand yeah. feet elevation kind of hot humid i mean there's just some great i mean there's one part of the race where there's like a spring popping out of the rocks you can fill your water bottles you know it's just awesome. some, some cool stuff like that i mean it just and pine the town is just such a great little town i stayed in a town nearby called payson which was really cool as well really fun um yeah i mean really I, cheap I really weed. enjoyed it so what i said really cheap weed apparently so if you're uh <laughs> so so into that sort of thing you know so i saw that you were flying to arizona next week yeah yeah with hey, a big empty suitcase hey, i was gonna say i'm packing two or three suitcases <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it was uh it was great i mean highly recommended uh i mean i i finished ninth overall so i was really happy with that yeah you had a great uh, race you had a great race and, and, and as yeah, you alluded I, mean, tough stop, I rallied yeah, well, not you know. not feeling well at the start, and you know we were we were tracking you back home, and um, yeah, it it was it was looking a little dicey there though, for the, through those first few checkpoints. Uh, you seem to be kind of moving backwards in the field a little bit, and just you know from what we could gather, just following splits, it didn't seem to be going well. And then yeah, like you said, I think I think you you probably were were a little overheated. It sounded like, and once you cooled down, and then through the night uh, as the temperatures dropped, you really started yeah. plowing through the field and and um yeah I, I my guess is you did not get passed by a single person after about 40 miles um i got passed by one person at the last aid station that was it okay yeah yeah, yeah and that guy was flying yeah i mean and then i i mean in the probably the last five miles i probably passed four people yeah yeah you, you were, know, you, really were you were you were really and you know before that i passed a lot of people i mean i was right. probably what like in the 40s at one point oh yeah yeah and your split i mean your splits over the last 30 to 40 miles of the course, I would say were in the top three to five of the entire field. Like the only people right. running those last 30 or 40 miles faster than you are the, like the top two or three guys. Yeah. 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 So you it were, was, you were uh, really flying. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I mean, absolutely stunning. You know, as you drive up from Phoenix, you go through uh, these areas where they have the, the Seguro cacti thing. It is like huge, huge uh, plants. And then as you get higher and higher, it gets greener and greener and you get forest. I mean, just the way the scenery changes is, is pretty incredible. Um, and oh, and I got my haircut there as well. And it was only $12. I thought that was, I mean, it doesn't look like a $12 haircut. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, I think it looks like at least like a $20 haircut. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Agreed. I mean, for the weed and the haircuts, I mean, the whole place is like, is a, is a bargain. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. It was great to watch and, and you've, you've really had a great, great year, great season. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, we'll see what the, <laughs> what the uh the list looks like for the age graded or age group performances of the year when we get down to the voting right. in a couple of months um but uh you know that that might actually be i mean we've got i know uh ruperto romero winning i i think uh did he win angeles crest or or san diego i think it was angeles crest we talked about on our last show which of course got eaten but uh you know that that'll be up there for sure but well, he um, doesn't count then he's out yeah <laughs> 
right? Lost, I'll show lost history. He's dumb. But uh, I don't know how many other. I mean, you know, in, in a um, you know a year where our, our good friend Bob has been a little bit limited by injury, um, you know, maybe this sneaks in there. I, we'll have to yeah. see. We'll have to see. So anyway, congrats, Phil. That was that was a great a great showing. Thanks. And uh, this all in the midst of of still just uh, you know plowing through the Catskills and the Dax and everything else. Uh, yeah, you're, you're living the life. Got legs like tree trunks now. Exactly, exactly. All right, let's talk about some of the many, many results that we've missed over the past four to six weeks. The biggest news, I think, since we last recorded, uh, well, two two big, big pieces of news in the ultra world, two world records, uh, you know, by uh, very established yeah. people who we've talked about multiple times on the show before. And, and let's start with the most recent one from last weekend at the uh, the Ruth Anderson 50K out in California, C.J. Albertson, the former world record holder at 50K, uh, reclaimed his world record that he first set two years ago in 2020, yeah. um, running an astounding 238.43 in a basically solo effort on a road course. So C.J., uh, you know, a, a world-class marathoner, I think he was in the top 10 at the uh, Olympic trials in, in 2020 um, right. before, he, before he ran... Uh, before he uh, ran that that initial world record, I think it was in the fall of 2020 when he basically did a solo time trial on the track, running 2:42 to break the world record. Then, uh, it's since been lowered twice, once in 2021, and then again earlier this year uh, by uh, Stephen Makoko from uh, South Africa, running 2:40.13. So that was about six months ago, and then CJ coming back and again solo effort in a, in a sanctioned road race uh, in 2:38.43. Just really remarkable. I saw he went through the the marathon, or not the marathon. He went through the. They had a twenty six point five mile split, uh, where he came through in two fifteen flat, basically. So it's basically wow. the equivalent of a two thirteen marathon split. Yeah. Uh, Very and then, similar to your PR, right? Yeah, right there, right there. Who? Oh, he thought you said three. <laughs> three thirteen. Sorry. Well, split PR. the difference, and you're right. You're right around there. Um, <laughs> not not a not a. Totally flat course, uh, 700 feet of total elevation change or elevation gain rather and 700 feet of loss. So not a ton, obviously, um, and maybe a good amount in terms of just, you know, being able to kind of get a little bit of a different feel on the legs and not get completely pounded by the same footfalls over and over like you might get on a track. So maybe that was ideal. Um, his marathon PR, uh, 210.23, uh, which was set earlier this year in Boston, uh, also not on a flat course. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, just a fa- fabulous showing, and, and that's certainly going to be up there for uh, performance of the year, obviously, when the voting comes through. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. And then uh, we had the uh, 24-hour record, right? 24-hour record goes down again. The incredible, the incomparable Alexander Sorokin from Lithuania, um, who we spoke at length about when he first broke the unbreakable record of Giannis Koros. This time, again, uh, it, it sounded like he had gone through a, a, a fabulous training camp down in Kenya for about six weeks leading up to the European Championships and went out looking clearly to break the world record and really demolished it. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a bit of a feeling that people are not going to really mention Kenyan training camps at the moment. I don't know <laughs> if that's really the best, the best lead into any record, you know. <laughs> I, I think you're referring to the uh, the news that came out this week about this year's Sierra's and Al winner. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to leave out the Kenyan training. Most people are going to be like, if they went to Kenya on a training camp, I think you know they're going to maybe omit that detail just for a little while. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. This was all over social media. He was posting every day. So, uh, right. yeah. I mean, we, we, we kept it to videos of him running. So we'll, we're not going to speculate on what else was going on. And no, obviously, he's sure doing, obviously, he's doing this in super shoes, uh, you know, which, which yeah. uh, Koros and, and the ilk and his ilk did not have access to. But, I mean, 198.6 miles flirting with the 200-mile barrier. Um, absolutely right. amazing. Uh, again, in a, in a you know virtually solo effort, at least in terms of of competing for the win. Although, yeah. I mean, second place again, just like in his previous world record effort, uh, second place this year, this time being uh, Andre uh, Piotrowski from Poland, one hundred and eighty six point seven miles, which yeah, is that's uh, a reasonable effort in itself. That's incredible. I mean, he becomes the the uh, that's the fourth fa- the fourth best performance of all time behind only. Uh, Sorokin's two world records and Chorus's 188, which was the previous w- record. So, I mean, it, he'll be lost to history a little bit, unfortunately. But, uh, man, yeah. what, a, what a great performance. And yeah. um, Jared Hazen of 24-hour running is what you're saying, yeah? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, Patricia uh, Berskanova, the uh, Polish great, uh, I think the definitely the uh, former... Spartathlon champion and Badwater champion, and I think the uh, world 24-hour runner-up, I believe, 158 miles for the win in a, in a very tightly contested women's race in which the top three runners all were within two miles of each other and, and kind of duking it out all day long. So that was fun to follow along with. Um, Sorokin is amazing, now holds world records basically from uh, six hours up to 24 hours and with a couple of uh, stops in between, including 12 hours and uh, 100K, 100k now and and um, 100 miles and and just uh, some incredible performances. Yeah, um, I think. Um, I mean, I wish he just pull his finger out and just break 200, put us all out of our misery, right? <laughs> I mean, clearly he can. He was just like, I'll save that. When Maybe big money comes in. Maybe he was on pace early. I mean, in the early going, he was on pace for well over 200. I think uh, right. coming coming through the six hour mark, I think he was on pace for something like 220, which was obviously not going to happen. But um, yeah. yeah, ran ran very aggressively and and uh, very exciting there. Yeah, I did a, a five miler down the road today, and I was on pace to uh, break the world record for 100 as well. Actually, nice, nice, yeah. good job. I just did a five. So I didn't want to put anyone. You know, my guess is that's not actually bet. true, but okay. Fine. All right. Call me out. I didn't even have my cheetah shoes on. <laughs> uh, some other world-class racing going on. We had the, the uh, Golden Trail Series came to the U.S. for two consecutive yeah. weeks. Uh, so we got to see some of the best mountain run- and trail runners in the world uh, going at it on some iconic U.S. courses, including the Pikes Peak Ascent, one of my favorite races to follow. Um, what struck you there? Uh, that running uphill in thin air is really hard. <laughs> Um, no, I just, I think, uh, that, uh, yeah, I mean, Remy Bonnet, you know, absolutely that guy's just, he's crushing at the moment. Unbelievable. He, you know, he won the Flagstaff race as well. I mean, he's going to be hard to stop, I think, at, uh, at the finals, Yeah, you know, in the, uh, in, what is it, uh, beginning of uh, November, right? I think the finals. I believe, I believe that's the case. And that's the yeah. f- uh, uh, stage race again, right? I think yeah. it's a five-day five stage days, race. I think they're doing that. Yeah. yeah that's cool. And, um. You know all kinds of distances over those days, so that should be pretty interesting. Yeah, um, it comes out to I, th- I think it was a little over a hundred k in the five days, I think, but a variety yeah, of distances. Like There's then, like a VK you know, in there somewhere. Well. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, yeah. yeah, Remy Benet, as you said, uh, winning both races, Pikes Peak Ascent and uh, the Flagstaff twenty six k the week after. 
Yeah. Pikes Peak. It's fun to follow. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, the coverage is just so good. It's just, I can really see it taking off just because it's so much fun to sit and watch. And it's, you're not there for like hours watching it. You know, the, the highlight show from Salomon is like, you know, just an hour long and you just get such a great, you know, feel for the, for the racing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm also just so impressed with Ninky Brinkman. I mean, she's just like absolutely incredible winning both races as well. Yep. Um, you know, she was, I think coming into the last couple of miles was probably in like third place in Flagstaff. And I think it flattens out and gets a bit less technical there. And she just turned on those, uh, those 220 marathon motors and, uh, and took the win by like 40 seconds. But, you know, I mean, still, um, absolutely incredible. I mean, she's, she's such a talented runner. Yeah. She was, uh, she was trailing. Yeah. I'm loving this series and, you know, I mean, I still don't really understand it. Um, but I'm kind of loving what I see. <laughs> uh, she was trailing Sophia Lockley, uh, yeah. in, in the closing stages, as you said there, uh, and then did run her down over the last couple of miles. Uh, Sophia with a, yeah. a very strong second following up on the third place that she had at, at Pikes Peak. Maud Mathis, who was the runner up at Pikes Peak, uh, was fourth at Flag and Allie McLaughlin, multiple time Pikes Peak winner, uh, was fourth there and then third at Flag. So the, the, the top four, uh, were the same at, at both races uh, for the women and just uh, shifting around the placings there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I presume we'll see all of them again, if not at the Golden Trail final at the World Mountain Running Championships. I know Allie's going to be running at least one of the races there uh, on the yeah. teams that were announced last week there. So uh, really, really cool to see. Yeah, Remy Benet, I mean, what can you say about the guy, you know, the week before Pikes or, or you know, even just a few days before, I think he went out and uh, took down the FKT on the uh, the Manitou incline uh, yeah. that was held by Joe Gray. Took about 20 seconds out of that, and then uh, basically ran Joe's legs off. It sounds like going up Pikes Peak a few days later, Joe with a strong third place finish, but I think was a little disappointed not to to put in a little bit of a better showing there. The amazing thing, yeah. So you, you got Ryan Benet, you got Joe Gray, you got Eli Hemming was uh, was fourth, uh, another uh, U.S. mountain runner who's going to be at the World Championships. Um, and Remy winning convincingly in 207. Uh, he was six minutes off of the course record, a 30-year-old course record held by Matt Carpenter, the, the you know one of the all-time greats in, in mountain running and, and obviously a Pikes Peak legend. That's, that course record for the ascent was set in the year that Matt, Matt ran the course record for the full marathon, the up and the down. So the mm. ascent course record is his split from the marathon Still, nobody within minutes of that, despite yeah. world-class runners doing just the ascent, uh, nobody yeah. can come within minutes. It, it's just that that is astounding to me. And Matt, yeah, obviously, right. still the course record holder at Leadville as well, which we've talked about before. Yeah. So just wild to see. Incredible. Um, the Pikes Peak Marathon, uh, Christina Mascarinas, the uh, uh, fellow swapper, uh, was able to, uh, also a local, I think, to uh, the uh, Colorado Springs area uh, with the win there. Brittany Charbonneau, the, the runner-up finish. And on the men's side, uh, we had Jonathan Aziz and Noah Williams taking the top two spots. Uh, Cam Smith was the, the name that jumped out to me, uh, rounding out the podium in the in the marathon. Uh, Ski the, Mountaineer, right? What's that? Ski Mountaineer. Yes, yes, exactly. In some of the Euro races yep, this year. Yep, I think, he, I think he was, I think he was like the first American to win like in a certain discipline of ski mountaineering in, in Europe like ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it was cool. He, he was 15th in the ascent against, uh, you know, obviously a world-class field in 224, uh, came back the next day, 
uh, podiums in the marathon in, and ran his ascent in the marathon in 225. So, um, wow. yeah. <laughs> so that guy's got ultra legs for sure. Uh, yeah. he's, he's to this point, I think has run mostly shorter stuff. Um, mm. and, uh, actually that, that can take us into the rut, which, uh, was also right around that same time where Cam, Cam was out and ran. He did a, another double, uh, finishing second in the VK to David Sinclair and then came back the next day in the 28 K to, um, Ooh, excuse me, to beat uh, Eli Hemming uh, for the overall win, another uh, U.S. mountain uh, runner. Um, Cam and David uh, flipping their results from the VK at Broken Arrow, where Cam won and David Sinclair was second. So, yeah, a couple of couple of tough doubles uh, right near each other. So, uh, you know, Cam, obviously a world-class ski mountaineer, um, but if he starts moving into the longer stuff on the trails in the summer, watch out because he obviously has the stamina to do it. Yep. Uh, David Sinclair, the, the win in the VK at the rut and then came back in the 50K uh, and broke Killian's course record, actually, uh, in winning the 50K. So two amazing doubles there from the two of them on the top of the podium. Nothing, to, not, nothing, nothing to say. <laughs> I was just thinking people are breaking <laughs> Killian's records left, right and center now. I mean, poor guy. He's probably thinking I put in all that work and it's all over. I mean, you know. <laughs> I just won. I just won Hard Rock, uh, not Hard Rock. Oh, he did win Hard Rock. Sorry, yeah. I won Hard Rock and I won UTMB. Yeah, of course, records in both. My little shitty records left and right. <laughs> Don't make him angry. He'll be back. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's good. We get to see Killian race back in the U.S. again a couple more times. That'd be fun. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah. Let's do. Uh, let's do another some some quick roundups from around the the country and in, in some of the other races that have been going on. What's uh, what struck your fancy? Uh, Cat's Tail Marathon, local local favorite. Sure. In the old Catskill Mountains, excellent race. Uh, we had a, a local lad, Ian Shortis, winning that one, which was great. And then uh, uh, Kirby uh, Mosenthal winning for the women. Yeah, I don't know Sound Kirby. Like do you know her? Monday. I do not know her. No. Yeah, no. I uh, she's probably overtaken me at Catskill multiple times. Went went by so fast, <laughs> I had you uh, know a chance to say hello. But uh, yeah, that was uh, it was good to see Ian win that, and uh, I think they had a nice day for it. Didn't really get affected by the hurricane, which was good. The other thing that I thought was interesting was a uh, Canal Corridor 100 mile. Mm. Looks like it was a real tight race. Didn't really unfold until the last half mile. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they were battling there. They were very very close. Uh, I think the uh, the winner was uh, Caleb Bowman, 12:40:43, and then uh, the uh, the second place was twelve forty one and change. Yeah, Jacob was, uh, Jacob Moss in second. Both of them under the old course record. Both very fast times, obviously. But uh, yeah, Caleb able to just run Jacob down, like you said, within the last mile there, and, and barely yeah. barely a minute in the in the margin of victory. Uh, yeah, really, I mean, really impressive. And Caleb, I think, is on that U.S. Mountain Running team as well for the for the World right. Championships. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I mean, that can't be a nice feeling. There you are cruising into the finish of the hundred miler, no. and all of a sudden you got a battle on your hands. You yep. come to the track sprint. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I wouldn't really know about that because at the end of a hundred miler, I just don't care. <laughs> no, that's actually not true. I, I don't know. I was, I was driving you like a madman at the end of Yeti. <laughs> you were like, I just don't care. I just, I'm like, I see a headlight. I see a headlight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you shouldn't say you don't care. You 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 had a sprint finish. You had a sprint finish at uh, at Cruel Jewel earlier this year, and uh, I, it sounded yeah. like you were not not willing to give up that place that you had worked a little bit a little bit no, hard for. No, I was not. That's that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that is that is true. 
Uh, uh, close to home, the, the Hudson River 50 debut race uh, put on by Dave Kilgore right outside yeah. the city uh, on what looked like a really exactly. nice course along the Palisades there. Um, yep. They had the 50-mile and 25-mile uh, there. Ryan Clifford winning the, the inaugural 50-mile, 547. Uh, That's pretty really, tidy. Really good time, yeah. uh, two 25-mile two laps. Um, and I yep. know some of it's, uh, I don't know if it's paved or, or on like a crushed gravel kind of thing, but there's some some trail there too and not, not an insignificant amount of climbing. Um, yeah. So yeah, really, really flying there. And I think there was another time that was in the low six hours. Uh, so really wow. cool stuff there. Uh, Mason Copy, who's going to be going to the, the Worlds as well, uh, winning the 25 mile there. About 70 finishers in each race. Not too bad for uh, for an uh, inaugural yeah. uh, race there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it sounded like they put on a really nice uh, event there, especially in the first year. Overseas, couple of big races. Uh, Ultra Pirano, the 100K. Uh, in the Pyrenees there, uh, UTMB qualifier. Uh, we had Nuria Picas for the women and Miguel Harris for the men, winning the, the 100K with over 21,000 feet of climbing. Uh, Pau Capel, continuing on the comeback trail, third place overall. Third place, eh? Yep. And uh, our boy Debo, uh, seventh place finish in his first race in almost a year, I think. I don't think he's raced. Pretty solid, yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds cool. I'd, I'd love to get his thoughts on it, actually, see what, uh, what he thought. But... Uh... I think it's a great, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful place out there in the Pyrenees. I'm sure it's some stunning scenery. But yeah, good to see him back racing. Uh, they just had a baby. Yeah. So he's uh, fitting the parenting duties in and uh, running uh, the free trail. It looked like they took the baby all the way to Spain, actually. It did, yeah. Got to let the kid travel, you know? I guess. I don't know. That's, I mean, having traveled with babies before, that's that's no picnic. No, definitely not. Yeah, but a yeah, good a, a good comeback I mean, performance. He took the opportunity to run a hundred k, so he didn't have to do any parenting duties. You think that was his? Uh, that was that the was excuse. Yeah, that was his out. That, that makes sense. <laughs> sure, Harmony caught up with him and said, "No more of that." <laughs> nah, that was great. It's good to see him back. It was, it was great. On the road side of things, over in Europe, Spartathlon was last week. Uh, some yeah. really, really, really that's great performances jam, there. Spartathlon. What's that? That's your jam, Spartathlon. I mean, no, the, that's the your jam. That you don't run Spartathlon in like a toga outfit. I know you love those things from your your days at your Ivy League university running around in a toga, <laughs> but you don't get to do that Spartathlon. You've got to wear clothes. Yeah, you the can't have your wedding tackle hanging out as you're running through the streets of Greece. The uh, so the chafing is around. the chafing is no good. You don't want to deal with that. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> wax it and lube it, and you should be all right. Uh, some some amazing performances that we already, definitely right? we definitely need to talk about though. Uh, on both the yeah, men's. Camille, Camille almost got run over, right? Didn't she? That's what it sounded like. Yeah. I don't know what happened. She was, uh, she was I leading. I heard that she had just picked up a beer and a taco from Connor. <laughs> she was running down the street and, and, uh, didn't realize they drive on the wrong side of the road out there. <laughs> and no, I'm not quite sure what happened, but anyway. I'm she, not going to say anything about Camille. Yeah, so that was, that was a shame. Yeah. That, that, that's what we'll say. It was a shame. It was too bad. I'm not going to speculate any further. Um, but some great, uh, I think just by saying what you said, you're speculating, okay, fine. I'm just going to say, See, this is but. why, this is why I'm in trouble just because you, <laughs> you, you twist my words. Uh, but despite that, some great, great, great performances, both the men and the yeah. women, um, repeat wins on both sides. Uh, and you're going to have to help me with the pronunciations, but, uh, Diana Zaviza, Zaviza, does that sound right? That sounds that sounds pretty good. Close enough. I think that uh, some of your uh, your Greek heritage is coming out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got the nose for it. 
2503 for a 30-minute win over Marissa Lezak, a, a fantastic yeah. race for her. Um, yeah. And uh, Diane only about 15 minutes off of the course record there uh, in her second consecutive win. Marissa, fifth all-time, 2534. And the U.S. going two and three with Michael Morgan, a fellow yeah, uh, World 24-hour runner. Actually. Yeah, really, that really was, great. That was good. And then the men's race, um, the pre-race favorite and the defending champion, uh, I'm not even going to... Should I try? I think it's a Z Simopolis Fotis. Very nice. Apparently directed off course by one of the yeah. uh, lead bikes or motorcycles or something. What I read, Phil, is that he ran an extra seven kilometers. So almost yeah. almost five miles uh, to get back on course. Uh, yeah. Came back on course from leading in, in 12th or 13th yeah. place. Wound up overtaking everybody. Repeat win. Third fastest all time in 21 hours flat i think only koros has run faster and ran an extra four and a half miles so i mean that's just astounding well, i believe what happened was the lead police motorcycle who he was following the guy had forgotten his lunch so he went off course to go home pick no, up his no, lunch, no 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 and then came back on course but he didn't think the guy was going to follow him so his wife had called him said hey you left your lunch this you're morning. making that up no that's what i heard no, seriously? Yeah. I can't even tell if you're joking. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'm not really sure how it happened, but that's that's what the police guy's sticking to. That's his story and he's staying with it. He's not budging. Contact the lawyer if you need more information. I mean that um, that's just an incredible performance. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, the question is, did he ride the police motorbike at 7K back? <laughs> right. We're going to have to get marathon investigations on his, that, uh, hey, on buddy, his Coros data. <laughs> no, that was, uh, that's, it's, it's so strong. I mean, 21 hours for, what's the distance to Spartathlon? 125 miles? 135? I think it's like 135, somewhere around there. Yeah. I, uh, 21 hours? I mean, that's moving. It, it might even be more than that. It might be closer. It might be more like 150. Yeah, I is guess it, we should know I think it's. Stuff, I think it's but... more like 150 miles. Bob, Bob is I, gonna Bob is gonna be really upset that we don't know well, the distance. But I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna take a stab right now and say it's like 153 miles. I think. Right. Okay. So All right. Well, I think it's a long way. Basically, what we can round it up. You know to, what? We're we're, we're we're doing this on computers. Why don't you take us through another um, <laughs> take us through another race that that you were excited about, and I will look it up. Uh, I was excited about the Moab uh, 240, actually. Oh, yeah? Uh, Jeff Browning winning that one. Set a new oh, course I know, I, know you're, I know you're a big Jeff Browning fan. Yeah, huge. Problem is, like, he doesn't really make old people like me look good. I mean, he's he's kind <laughs> of almost my my age, and he's absolutely crushing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he broke the course record two days, nine hours, and 30 minutes or so, um, which, yes, yeah, very, very impressive. And then... Um, Alyssa Clark for the women, three days and an hour and change. Uh, I mean, uh, both top performances, 240 miles around Moab. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Thank you, right? That actually leads us a little bit into um, Michael McKnight, who has won Moab before. And I think yeah. uh, by the time people are listening to this, we'll be out on the Arizona Trail racing, racing, racing the Arizona Trail in a, a really fun FKT format. Yeah, that does sound fun. Yeah, that's that's going to be cool to follow. But yeah, no, uh, definitely good performance for Jeff. I guess uh, he'll he'll probably have a, a age graded performance of the year over you for that one at least. But uh, maybe right. we can way still to, sneak into the to top build five. Build me up at the beginning of the podcast and then just smash me right down at the end. <laughs> um, you are going to be shocked and amazed that Spartathlon is in fact one hundred and fifty three miles, just as I said. 
Wow. That's All pretty right. good. Well, like I said, it's your jam. That's pretty good. That's pretty. Yeah. It is definitely, if it's anyone's jam, it's the guy who thinks that running 300 miles on pavement across the state of Tennessee is one of the greatest things you could ever do. That That is certainly way more in your bag than mine. Right. All right. Looks like I'm getting myself one of those uh, toga outfits. That's and, right. Uh, and heading off. That's right. That's right. You can, uh, I'm going to bring you over some, uh, what do they eat? Uh, some, some lamb, some gyros. Gyro? Oh, I love Gyro? that stuff. I, I wouldn't make it. I just wouldn't, I'd stop in the first kebab house. I'd have like <laughs> massive full on spread 10 miles down the road. Next, I just, I just eat my way around the course. It just wouldn't, wouldn't work well for me. It'd be like four days, seven hours. <laughs> The slowest time ever, <laughs> but we ate 47 pounds worth of food. <laughs> the we'll only you... person that's ever gained weight on this course. <laughs> get you a bunch of tzatziki in sauce. Fact, he rolled the last 10 miles. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of 200 milers, which I guess we were briefly, um, Annie Hughes, who won uh, Cocodona earlier this year, and I think yeah. won a 200 last year as well, didn't she? Didn't she win? Right. Um, did. Yeah, but came back and won Run Rabbit just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, as we start handicapping the Ultra Runner of the Year race, um, and we've thrown a few names out there, certainly of some of the, the usual suspects and certainly some um, maybe not so usual suspects. Uh, you know, I keep forgetting Annie Hughes might be the favorite for Ultra Runner of the Year right now. Could well be. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting year. I mean, I think. Um... You know, no one's really kind of set themselves, you know, apart from the rest of the field here. So I think it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. And, and you know, we'll obviously talk in, in great at great length and in great depth about it uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, certainly, you know, Camille it has got a, a great argument this year with uh, some good wins and, and a world record and uh, a solid, if not necessarily, you know, mind-bending performance at Western States, but a, a good, solid performance, um, yeah. and a, a similarly a very, very good performance, if not a, you know, uh, world ablaze performance at Comrades. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think she's a great contender, um, but I don't think it's a foregone conclusion by any means. I think. Uh, Marianne Hogan is going to have a lot to say about it. I think Katie Scheid, yep. obviously, we need to consider. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some other names, definitely, that we'll get to. But Annie Hughes is going to be right up there for somebody who, uh, you know, in her early 20s, just burst onto the scene last year. And, and we might be talking about uh, Ultra Runner of the Year for 2022 uh, when it's all said and done. She's going to be on the start line at Javelina in just a couple of weeks. I think a lot is going to be decided at Javelina. I wouldn't be surprised if Camille shows up. I wouldn't be shocked either after uh, yeah. after what yeah, happened at Spartathlon. Well. She's won it before. You saw the lightsaber swing. She loves a good <laughs> lightsaber. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and you could go there and crew her dressed as an Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, and then she could like, spank you with that lightsaber. I wouldn't she, even I need to put a costume is, on. Just a, a short, hairy guy. That's that's exactly... I, I, all I need is a, like a loincloth, You actually I just guess. need to take your clothes off. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> But no, you might be right. It may, it may come down to the winner of Javelina may be the, the ultra runner of the year on yeah. the women's side. Uh, Run Rabbit, a great, great field on the men's side. And, and uh, I think it was, it was interesting. Uh, I think a lot of the locals were in the know about Richard Lockwood. I certainly was not. And, uh, you know, he was, I think, at least from, from the outside observer's point of view, a little bit of a dark horse and uh, upset several, several, you know, really national and world-class runners for a, 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 convincing victory over Arlen Glick and Nick Elson. 
yeah, really impressive performance there. And uh, my suspicion is that uh, that's just scratching the surface uh, as he bursts onto the scene there. Yeah. Um, Avery Collins, uh, you know, coming in uh, in a top five there in his first return to racing from uh, from COVID, where he knocked he and Sabrina yeah. both out of uh, UTMB, yeah. which we talked about that's on our last uh, hidden show. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good to see him back and, and feeling good. And uh, we'll see Sabrina coming up. We got a, a few big races on the calendar big. over the next couple of weeks. We have. I like I like the lead into that big races, bigs back. Yeah, we got bigs backyard. Tomorrow. My favorite race to follow. Bigs, we don't sleep for like a week. Now. Nope, nope. And refresh, uh, refresh, refresh. And I will I will say, two years ago when when they had this kind of satellite world championship thing, which is the format that we're now going to be with every other year. It, I'm going to admit that it seemed a little bit contrived to me. I wasn't completely down with it. And I think part of it was born of necessity of the pandemic and everything else um, yeah. and, and, and lack of international travel. But um, it as a format, the, the, the Satellite World Championship now, kind of the team championship has really blossomed. And I think yeah. it's interesting. I mean, I think it's 500 speaks, runners or yeah. so, from five, 550 runners, something like that. Yep. I mean, 37 countries. countries, it's big. It's fantastic. I think it, it speaks to, I mean, Laz is a race director and kind of an ideas yeah. guy, but also, I mean, a, a part of the sport that I think we're, we're kind of starting to explore a little bit, but I think we're kind of scratching the surface of, which is just the team aspect. Um, and, you know, a lot of us came up running cross country as, as a team sport and, that was really the appeal to it of a lot of us in high school and college. And bringing that to the trails and to ultra running, I think, is fabulous. And, uh, you know, there's been some, obviously, team performance or team competitions at, at world championships and stuff, which is great. But um, it doesn't always, I think, get a lot of the the kind of play that that we're getting for this this bigs race, which is just going to be awesome as the format continues to evolve and and spread throughout the world. The U.S., I guess, is one of the favorites, but I don't know if they are the favorite. And uh, they, they're not even the defending I, I, champs. I think they're going to be up there. They'll be but up there, think, but it's going to be. I but mean, watch those Brits. Brits have the ninety. The, the, the 90 Brits starts. are going to be very, very, yeah, very the tough. Is, and they love suffering. I mean, if you've ever been to London <laughs> or if you've been to North of England, you can see suffering on everyone's face. Um, it's natural. I mean. Like you can pull a kid out of school and they can do 30 yards. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just a standard. Um, the Belgians yeah. will be tough, obviously. I think the Belgians yep. are the defending champs. Although no, no Carl Sabe this year, but uh, I, I, I don't think that really slows them down much. Um, yeah, yeah. going to be really, really exciting. So that's coming up this weekend. We've got, uh, as we alluded to, Grand Raid. Grand Raid Reunion Island, the, the diagonal the two best names in uh, best race. I mean, how can you have one race and have the two best names? It's two not best fair. names in trail running. You've got to say, one you've race. got to pick one, pick and one. Someone else can take the other. Give us the other one. That's right. Yeah, we'll take Grand Raid. Grand Raid de Newpaltz, and you guys can keep uh, diagonal. Well, no, we're going to call our race Triagonal de Poo. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be our race. We're going to have that. It's going to be like. <laughs> Up and down the gunks. You're going to be running around the gunks. It's going to be called Triagonal to Poop. Perfect. That's perfect. Print the t-shirts now. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, just a couple weeks from now, we got Javelina, uh, which yep. I, I think, I guess we've, we've been, I don't know, lamenting the, the lack of a kind of season capping race uh, since the demise of the North Face uh, championships. And maybe it's going to be Javelina now that Javelina is a, a golden ticket race. And maybe that's just the, the, the one that it's going to be. And, you know, it's we'll have JFK and, and that's it. But, yeah, great fields for both yeah. the men and the women going to be at Javelina. 
Yeah. We'll have the world championships of uh, mountain running in all the different yeah. disciplines, which is exciting that they put them all in the same weekend now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fantastic. Right after that, we've Golden got the Trail Golden Trail Series, Series the uh, championship, the stage race that we talked about, which is going to have, um, yeah. as we talked about, Ninky Brinkman is going to be there, Ryan Benet. We'll have a desert solstice this year. Yeah, so plenty plenty coming up. And yeah. uh, we finally are going to get some guests back on the pod in the next couple of weeks. We'll have yeah. some great uh, runners and, and uh, people to talk to. It's going to be really fun. We'll have, uh, we got to do our, our Uroy episode. We, got, we still got to draft our... Um, fantasy teams this year we haven't done a fantasy draft this year oh we're gonna do another after what happened last time we didn't talk to each other for like two months well i figured i had to give you a chance i had to give you a chance at redemption so we might as well we might as well do it again just you know after you embarrassed yourself last time so uh yeah i guess when you win by that much yeah 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 all right so yeah we got uh we got plenty of great stuff coming in the next few weeks to months we'll uh hopefully make up for a a very poor performance by us this summer yeah, and uh, yeah, and check uh, check back in fifteen years when we can piece back uh, piece back the audio from that last episode that we did. <laughs> Phil, you got any any racing coming up? I I, I know you. Yeah, had... I just entered a race today. No, actually. get out! I know you had, you had talked yeah. about putting something else back on the calendar since you're recovering so quickly. Yeah. Uh, Twelve days of Yeti, I entered. Oh, get out of here! Yeah, so uh, so basically, um, Jason posts up a surprise distance every day, and you run it, and uh, and that's it. I think it's just for fun. Yeah, when does that start? Uh, 14th of December. 12 days of Yeti. That sounds really fun. Yeah. And he sends you a nice bobble hat and a Christmas ornament. Or, sorry, I mean a holiday ornament. Oh, okay. Which you can hang on anything you want. I will probably hang it on a Christmas tree. I don't care to think where you'll hang it. You don't want to uh, know where I'm going to hang it. No, I absolutely don't. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I entered that. So I thought that would be fun. Oh, that's fun. And then what do yeah. you do? Do you, is it like on your honor or do you send in a, a GPS send file? In your, you know, like your, your Strava? Time or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh. No, I don't think it's even on Strava. I think, oh, you just send I don't think there's a winner of it. I think it's just to kind of motivate people during the holidays to get out. I think, uh, you know, he was like, it could be like one and a half miles one day. It could be 14 miles and it, you know, just like a whole range of things. So <laughs> that sounds really fun. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that with you. That sounds great. Yeah. Do it. And we can, uh, Sit in the hot tub with our bobble hats and our ornaments. <laughs> Drink an eggnog. How about that? <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds perfect. Lament uh, our year in ultra running together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil. I will talk to you this weekend. We're recording again in just a couple of days, and we'll get that out to everybody soon. So stay tuned to this feed for more ultra chatter goodness. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up. Years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky in wild wonderment. Then ride the bus, feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still young. I was still young. And I was still
Tommy coming.